We're talking about TikTok, and it's no surprise that TikTok and social media can be hugely lucrative and can pay a lot of money for partnerships. TikTok obviously is one of the most widely used social media apps, if not even more popular than all the others at this point. And people are making a ton of money on it. Um, yet, it's faced a lot of bans and restrictions. Uh, some countries, India, for example, has completely banned it. Now, there are a lot of workarounds. Uh, but in our country, you know, there are certain industries that are sort of trying to limit its reach. And bans, for example, for federal employees having it on devices are sort of what we're seeing here in this country. So how are people still making a ton of money off of these partnerships with an app that's faced so many bans. We're going to get into it right now with our guest, who's a professor of media economics at the University of Toronto, Brett Carraway. Brett, thank you so much for making the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's no surprise, uh, obviously, that people are making money off of social media, except, you know, it seems maybe it's like a riskier endeavor on something that has been faced with a lot of um, perhaps judgment and uh, mystery about how long it's going to remain in effect, despite, you know, so many calls for it to be banned. So uh, what's the status right now on, on TikTok and people making money off partnerships with it? Oh, sure. Well, I think most of the federal and provincial and even municipal bans on, on uh, TikTok are still in place. It's important to remember, though, that those are narrowly defined bans. So mm. this is about not having that um, app on the phone of a, of a civil servant or someone who's working um, in, in government. It doesn't really have anything to do with um, citizens at large. Um, but, you know, my con my concerns about TikTok are the same concerns that I have about Facebook, Instagram, um, pretty much every app that I install on my phone. Um, the you know, apps are predominantly using an advertising supported um, revenue model. So they're incentivized to collect tons of data on us. Uh, and, you know, Meta's doing that. Google's doing that. All of them are doing it. What makes TikTok slightly different, of course, is that the parent company, ByteDance, is headquartered uh, in Beijing. And so there's some concern that the that the Chinese government, um, you know, might somehow either gain access to private information mm -hmm. <clears throat> or could potentially launch some sort of misinformation or disinformation campaign targeting Canadian citizens. But, you know, I, I, there's misinformation, disinformation on all of the platforms right now. So I don't I don't find anything particular about TikTok in this regard. And yet, I mean, it's it's the one that has been faced with some sort of, um, you know, bans, I guess, for lack of a better way to, to, to describe mm -hmm. it. Yep. Bans, you know, people's wrists have been slapped for using it. Um, there's a lot of concern, I yep. think, about it. And yet it's still widely popular. Um, TikTok is a partner, for example, of the Toronto International Film Festival this year. I mean, we're seeing that yep. it's something that's been incorporated into mainstream media in so many different ways. So are, are people, Brett, in your opinion, just accepting of the fact that, look, my, my dad is probably out there and I'm going to continue to use these things. Do these bans even work? Well, I, you know, hopefully in the narrow sense that they're they're defined, hopefully they're working. Um, you know, I would encourage civil servants to take all of the social media apps off of their phones, to be honest. But I think you're seeing TikTok in these partnerships 
because this is a longstanding policy of theirs. This isn't just a PR campaign in reaction to something that the government's done. Um, they've got a whole division here in Toronto that's dedicated towards cultivating these sorts of relationships with sports franchises and film festivals. And they've been doing it for, for years at this point. And of course they're doing it because these are um, their target audience, right? The most valuable users are those younger demographics. That's who the advertisers want to get their messages in, in front of. So it makes sense. And you also you know, have to think about this in the sort of larger sense of what's going on with respect to Canada and social media and streaming platforms. You've got a lot of com- complaints around the Online News Act, Bill C-18, mm-hmm. and how uh, Google and Facebook are sort of blacking out Canadian news organizations. You've got Bill C-11, the Streaming Act, where we're talking about getting streaming companies that are foreign-owned to be subject to Canadian content regulation, just like normal broadcasters are. And then, you know, here's TikTok, and it's actually doing relationships with Canadian sports franchises and film festivals and creators. And, you know, this is, on the one hand, the thing that we're complaining that the other companies are not doing enough of. And so, I, you know, I, I think it is good business for TikTok to do this. Um, my concerns about online social media platforms are applied to TikTok, but they are also in play when I'm talking about Meta or Twitter, mm. X, whatever you want to call it, Instagram, all of them. So, uh, yeah, it's. I, I don't think this is going to go anywhere just because there's been sort of an escalation of tensions between Canada and the United States on one yeah. side and then China on the other. Because yeah. I think that's what the what this sort of controversy is more reflective of. I think you're absolutely right. And I think that people are people are on it and I don't think that they're going anywhere from it. Uh, as we've seen, no. its popularity still continues to grow and people are making a lot of money off of these partnerships. Brett, thank you so much for making the time to share your insights. Sure, always happy to chat.